number 645 in your hymnal. Uh, we're going to do our responsive reading on missions today, uh, if, or if you prefer, you can follow along on the, the monitors up there. Number 645, Missions. I'll begin and you can follow. The eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith which we are preaching. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call upon him. How then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Amen. And for our scripture, our second scripture reading today, we are going back to the book of Titus one last time. Titus uh, chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. You can find it in your pew Bibles on page 1859-1859. Titus chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. As soon as I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, because I have decided to winter there. Do everything you can to help Zenus, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way, and see that they have everything they need. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order that they may provide for, the da for daily necessities and not live unproductive lives. Everyone with me sends you greetings. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Thus ends our reading of God's unchanging word. May all who hear it be filled with the grace of God leading to productive lives. Well, we've made it to the end. End of this short yet challenging book called Titus. 
But before we finish off this this last little bit, I, I thought it would be prudent to take a, a look back at, at where we have been. When we began this series, we, we saw that Paul had written to Titus for a specific purpose. Look at Titus 1, verse 1 again. Titus 1, verse 1. Paul a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. The, the premise behind all of the instructions and truths found in this letter was for the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. When Paul set out to write this letter, that is what he had in mind. That the believers on Crete would be strengthened in their faith and in their knowledge of the truth. And that in doing so, they would live godly lives. And even though they were a young church, as a first measure, Titus was to appoint elders. Men who would not only, not only have godly character, but, but who would hold firmly to the trustworthy message. They should be able to encourage their, their brothers and sisters from God's word. And they should be able to rebuke any who would oppose it. For instance, Titus was to pay particular attention to those of the circumcision group those that taught a false gospel. They were to be silenced, for through their teaching they were ruining whole households. And one way he could silence them was by teaching what is in accord with sound doctrine. Titus's preaching must come from God's word, and it must be in agreement with the whole of Scripture. In other words, Titus was not to come up with his own ideas about what God said. He was to remain true to the written account laid forth in Scripture. And in doing so, he would correct some of the errors that had been perpetuated by this circumcision group, particularly things concerning the, the differing roles within the church. Titus did, was to teach what was, was proper for the older and the younger, for men and women, and for slaves. And Titus was to undergird such teaching with the grace of God. Grace would be their teacher. And he needed to instruct everybody on being subject to their earthly rulers. They would do this for the sake of the gospel. You see, they were to remember from where they had come from. For they too were once enslaved by their sinful desires. But God's kindness and his love came to them. It saved them, not only for their sake, but in order that the, the whole world might profit from their good deeds. It was through such sound doctrine that Titus would silence the false teachers in their midst. But for those who refused to, re to be quiet, he was to warn them. He was, he was to plead with them concerning the judgment that they were under. 
However, if they, if they continued to reject the, the gospel, the church was to remove them from the fellowship and trust them to the care of the Holy Spirit. And all of this leads us to our, our last passage, our passage for today. The end of Paul's letter to Titus. And it is in these verses that we see further application of Paul's instruction. In a way, Paul was, was pulling back the lens, giving the church on Crete a, a greater view of the church at large. Now, when we outline verses 12 through 15, we, we notice three things. In verse 12, we find that, that Titus would, would not be in Crete for much longer. Paul was sending another representative to continue Titus's work. Then in verses 13 and 14, we see that Paul gave instruction to the church on how to take care of the needs of those who delivered this message. This was the perfect opportunity for their faith, and knowledge that leads to godly living to shine forth. And finally, in verse 15, Paul, Paul stated his farewell, reminding them that it was, it was grace that they needed, for grace was to be their teacher. That being said, let's, let's dive in and look at verse 12. As soon as I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, because I have decided to winter there. Here we see the name of uh, two of Paul's traveling companions. Now concerning Artemis, we know very little. This is the only place he is referenced in Scripture. However, Tychicus, his name is, is scattered throughout the New Testament. In Colossians 4, verse 7, Paul described this man with these words. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. Tychicus was a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. And we can only assume that, that Artemis would have been of like character if Paul was planning on sending one or the other. The question is, why would Paul be sending a replacement for Titus? This was actually a common practice of Paul's. You see, see he was a man on the go, and so were his companions. They were missionaries to the Greco-Roman world. And each one had particular giftings. Some were evangelists. Others were teachers. And still others were, were pastors. The evangelists, they would come to a new region first, bringing the gospel to the lost. Once there was fruit from their labors and a, and a church had been established, then the teachers and the pastors would come to strengthen such a young community. This is what we see going on in Crete. Paul and Titus were evangelists. They had brought the gospel to that island. And a church had grown. 
And Paul had left Titus there to continue the work of strengthening the church until he could find another to replace him. You see, Paul had other plans for Titus. Look with me at 2 Timothy 4, verses 9 and 10. 2 Timothy 4, verses 9 and 10, we see Paul uh, talking to Timothy here. And he says, Do your best to come to me quickly. For Demas, because he loved the world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. So here we see Paul asking Timothy to return to him, for he was deserted by Demas. And all his faithful workers were all away. Where was Titus? He was in Dalmatia. Bringing it back to our text, we see, we see that Paul desired for Titus to, to meet up with him in Nicopolis, which was a port on the coast of the Adriatic Sea. Why Nicopolis? Nicopolis was a strategic starting point to bringing the gospel to various unreached regions of the, of the Roman Empire, Dalmatia being one of them. Dalmatia was just north of Nicopolis. Titus was an evangelist doing the shepherding work of a pastor on the island of Crete until Paul could send someone else. God does not always call you to do the work that you are gifted in. There, there are times in life when, when he will ask you to do things that are, that are not your specialty, and yet you are to be faithful in those tasks anyways. However, Titus' shepherding role would, would not last forever, and the Cretans would soon have to say goodbye to him. They'd have to say farewell to, to a man they loved, their spiritual father in the faith. For God had called him to bring the gospel to others who had not yet known Jesus. He was calling him to Dalmatia. And these Cretans, they would have to accept a new man, a man they did not know, either Artemis or Tychicus. One of those two would lead them as a young church. And they needed to fall in line with, with the apostolic leadership that would be sent their way. In other words, the, the Christians on Crete were being asked to, to, to take a look at the bigger picture. There were sacrifices that, that they needed to make for the sake of the gospel. This is the case for the church today as well. We cannot be so insular in our thinking the body of Christ is, is much bigger than just First Congregational Church. God asks of you to make sacrifices for His greater mission. Why? Because people matter to God. This is one of the reasons I started up our evangelism training course at Sunday School. I, I know that, that many of you don't share your faith with others. Either you, you don't know how to do it, or you think it will cost you in one way or another. Listen, I, I don't blame you. I, I get freaked out about it as well. 
Another reason I started this course was for myself. I need to grow in evangelism too. Because I know, I know the fears that are involved. Trying to tell someone that, that Jesus is the only way of salvation and that if they don't believe, they will go to hell. That's a scary proposition. And yet, as a church, God has called us to be outward focused. Which means stepping out of our comfort zone and reaching out to the lost. Jesus calls us to pick up our cross and follow him. Titus was being called away from Crete and towards Dalmatia. And the people of Crete needed needed to start thinking about the greater body of Christ. And they had an opportunity to serve right in front of them. Look at verses 13 and 14. Do everything you can to help Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their way and see that they have everything they need. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order that they may provide for daily necessities and not live unproductive lives. Here we see two more characters, Zenos and Apollos. These were the the two that had delivered Paul's letter to to Titus and the church on Crete. And it seems that, that their travels were not yet finished. Where were they off to? It's uncertain. They could have been heading back to Paul. Or they could have been called to a ministry elsewhere. Now, Zenos, we know very little about except that he's a lawyer. But Apollos... We know a lot about. We first met up with him in our first scripture reading in the book of Acts. Look with me again at Acts 18, verses 24 through 28. For it's there we we learn what kind of man Apollos is. Acts 18, verses 24 through 28. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. When Apollos wanted to go to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. On arriving, he was a great help to those who by grace had believed. For he vigorously refuted the Jews in public debate, proving from the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. Here we see that that Apollos was a Jew from Alexandria. Now, Alexandria stored one of the largest and most important libraries of the ancient world. So it's no surprise to learn that Apollos was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. And we know he was already a Christian, for he had been instructed in the ways of the Lord. And we know that, that, that he had not been swayed by false teaching because he taught about Jesus accurately. And yet he had one hang-up. He only knew of the baptism of John. 
Even so, Priscilla and Aquila, when they discovered him, he was speaking boldly in the synagogue. So we know that this man wasn't afraid to speak the truth. However, he was also humble enough to accept correction from, from Priscilla and Aquila. And finally, we, we see that Apollos wanted to go further to Achaia. He wanted to bring the gospel to another land. And we see that he was effective when he arrived. For he, it says that he was a great help to those who by, who by grace had believed by speaking the gospel publicly in a vigorous manner. Apollos was a missionary at heart. And now with, with Zenos as his traveling companion, we can, we can only assume that, that these two men were continuing their efforts to fulfill the Great Commission by bringing the gospel to the lost of this world. And what Paul was asking Titus and the church on Crete to do was to do everything they could to support these missionaries. They were to provide for their daily necessities. God has called upon you to do the same. As Kim mentioned earlier, we, we support four different missionary families. These are men and women who have, who have left the comforts of home in order to bring the gospel to new lands. Like Apollos, they are a great help to those who by grace will believe. And you are to do everything you can to help them. What, what we see Paul doing by mentioning these four men is reminding the church on Crete that they are part of a greater body. Yes, there was work to be done on Crete, but if this church was to be too self-focused in their thinking, if they were to ignore the greater body of Christ then they would die a slow death, for they would become a church that had ignored Christ's last command. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the mission statement of every true church. If you want God to, to bless First Congregational Church, then get involved with your missionaries. And I'm not just talking about financial support. Pray for them, just like Kim described. Get to know them. Send them emails and, and find out about their work. Pray for the people that they are ministering to. The more you get involved in what they are doing, the more God will change your own heart towards the, the loss that are right here in Allegan. And finally, our last verse in Titus, Titus 3, verse 15. Everyone with me sends you greetings. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Grace be with you all. Paul ends his letter with a message of grace. 
Grace to all who read this letter. Grace to Titus. Grace to the, to the church on Crete. And grace to you. For now you have been instructed in this small but challenging letter. You see, Titus would, would need the grace of God. And the, and the church on, on Crete would also need the grace of God. Especially if they were to increase in their faith and, and knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. They must have the grace of God in their lives. And if you are to increase your faith and your knowledge in the truth that leads to godliness, then you also must have the grace of God in your life. You must let Christ be your teacher. You must look to the cross. For it is there that you will you'll discover the forgiveness that has been granted to you as Jesus bled and died for your sins. Yet you will also discover that he suffered for the sins of those around you as well. It is only through grace that you can have a heart for the lost. That you can be outward focused. Let us pray. Father, we are humbled by this short yet powerful letter. It is challenge us in many different ways and today you, you have asked us to look outside of these four walls you want us to have a heart for the loss and for for the greater church as a whole give us the, the faith and the, and the courage to be a part of your great commission guide us by your holy spirit we pray this in jesus name amen